بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ علیہ رسول الکریم اما بعد حضرت مولانا شاہ حکیم ڈاکٹر صاحب رحمۃ اللہ علیہ crucial issues with the protection of the eyes and the protection of the heart the other two aspects in there is like almost a once off thing once off thing in the sense person has grown his beard finally to one fist length then it's a matter of just keeping it there and a person has now altered all his garments to make sure it's above the ankles is done so that as soon as it's done it's done it's a matter of not just maintaining it but in terms of guarding the gaze and guarding the heart then this is something which is a lifelong thing and Hazrat Rahmatullah used to say that this is the prescription of vilayat in this zamana this is the prescription of vilayat in this zamana person who has brought his gaze and his heart under control then inshallah everything else will be under control and he will if he is making the mujahada to keep this in check then inshallah the mujahada for everything else will be far easier so therefore it used to emphasize so much on this topic and as we discussed earlier that barely any discussion any talk any majlis would take place without this topic being discussed in some detail and he would make that statement that when there's a plague out am i expected to be dispensing flu medication he had his finger on the pulse of the ummah where one is the general ordinary person those who are far away from deen who are not even performing the salah who are not even anywhere close to the masjids so obviously their life unfortunately is getting wasted somewhere else but then there are those who are in some form close to deen they are regular with the salah they are in the masjid they are involved in the various different forms of efforts of deen But as you say, this is the very, very painful part of it, is that those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with the tawfiq of deen, and the tawfiq of being involved in various efforts of deen, but due to the lack of control over these two aspects, the gaze and the heart, all those things are getting lost. All the efforts that a person is making in deen, and therefore the progress is nothing. It's a person just going in the same cycle, back to square one every time because everything gets lost via the gaze and the heart the person has made tilawat for one hour one and a half hours two hours and then he starts walks out of the masjid walks out of his house and starts casting lustful glances around and that noor that he gained in the two hours is all gone or that whole night's tahajjud is all gone or whatever dini effort he had made so much of mujahada for all drained out so point was to protect all this and to block those holes from where everything was being drained out so this was the topic that hazrat used to emphasize on very greatly and this became in fact many akabir of the time had made the statement that he was the mujaddide zamana of ghadde basar this topic was dealt by everybody everyone at some stage or the other used to deal with it but has it brought a revolution in this consciousness to that extent nobody had brought it to the fore as he did allah taala used him for this particular issue which changed so many people's lives for the better and especially that that particular group who had been close to deen but were not making any real progress in terms of their personal 
getting, personally getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So the barakat of the person's work of deen, etc. is all in protecting and safeguarding that nur that comes via the ibadat, protecting and safeguarding that nur that comes via his efforts of deen. But that is requiring these mujahadas. Then something that I remember once it was in Durban in Malinson Road, he gave a talk there. Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Haq Umarji Sahib Rahmatullah among the senior most ulama of Durban at the time, perhaps the senior most, and who had studied his entire duration in Darulam Deoban at the time when there were many, many Akabir present. And he had seen all these giants of the time who, alhamdulillah, each one of them was very great personality. So the one thing we should never ever get into is making any comparisons. That is not our job, whether of the past or of the present. That is something we should never ever do. That don't ever get into making any comparisons. Because in the process of making any comparisons, we are prone to sometimes then making some comment, some remark or something about Somebody or the other, which might be a remark that is, so to say, running somebody down. Or, so to say, making somebody a little inferior. And we have no idea who's who. That is only Allah Ta'ala's job. Only Allah Ta'ala knows who's who. Somebody in our sight might be somebody nobody, who doesn't have any real position and status, or not of a very high rank, he could be somebody beyond everybody. We have no idea. There was a great alim, Hazrat Maulana Murtaza, Murtaza Hassan Saab. That was his name. He was a contemporary of Hazrat Thani Rahmatullahi. So he once had come to Madina Sharif and by the Roza Mubarak, his gaze fell on some Bedouin. He just saw this old person sitting here and somehow his heart got sort of attracted to the person with something about this person. So he looked at him, that person looked at him and in any case they probably met after that. They don't know each other but they felt some little sort of like connection, some bond. So after some time that Bedouin insisted, no, you must come and have meals with me. So now Hazrat is thinking, he asked him how far, he says, well, so far it was a bit of a distance where he used to live. Now he is, in his mind, he is worried now. On the one hand, this person with so much of muhabbat and love, he is now inviting me to honor the invitation of a Muslim is also something important. And on the other side, I don't want to miss any of my salah in the Haram Sharif. Now if I go with him, this is a bit of a distance away. By the time I go, even if it's after Fajr, I go, by the time I reach, Will I make it in time for Zohar in the Haram Sharif? Now, this was his concern. So he now expressed this concern that look, I don't want to miss any Salah in the Haram. He said, don't worry, you'll get your Salah in the Haram Sharif. <coughs> so finally, he accepted the invitation. So it was after Zohar, I think, that they left immediately after Zohar. So now they started walking. Because it was in the time where everybody could just afford any to pay for a transport to go to some point. So it took a very long time to walk. It was close to Asar time. When they finally got there, now he's worried, he's looking at the time. Any case, when he got there, now this person shouts into the house and says that, look, I brought a mehman. How long will it take to cook the rice? He's still giving them the information now that he has brought a mehman and come and he wants to know how long it will take them to cook the food. So this really now put Murtaza Sahib in a real state of Gavrat now, Parashani, he is now worried, concerned. Any case, from inside the house somebody answered, okay, it will take a little while, but inshallah quickly we'll do it. Now he's in this real state of concern. Any case, now he's already here. What does he do? So in, after some time that food got prepared, food got served, he ate quickly. 
after he ate, this person now brought him out of the house. I told him, look, there's, there's the Haram Sharif, there's the road to the Haram Sharif. Now they had come by some road, now he's showing him another road, this is a quick road, you go through here. Now it took a long time for them to reach the house. Now he was just in, the whole thing that had consumed his heart and mind now was that he must somehow get in time there, but he doesn't, he's sure he's not going to make it and this grief is in his heart. So he quickly walked and suddenly he sees he's already the Haram Sharif. So when he got there, so he asked, he got into the masjid and he asked somebody that, is it already time for Maghrib now? He's thinking he's probably now late for his Asar to that point that now he needs to quickly make his Maghrib. So he asked him, what are you, are you insane? Are you mad or something? It's still a long time left for Asar still. Whereas he knows how long the whole process took for him to get there, it was not possible for him to have reached here in Asar time. But this is, now that person looked like one small, one nobody, some Bedouin, some Dehati. But his rank with Allah Ta'ala was different. So the Mehman wanted to be in the Haram Sharif for Asar, that time it took, but the whole process of eating and getting back to the Haram took moments. Now where did this come from? This is the Karamat Allah Ta'ala blessed that person with. But the lesson in this is that we cannot judge anybody in that regard. Any specific action somebody did which is wrong, we can't condone that and say this is right. But we don't know anybody's rank with Allah Ta'ala. And often somebody who is totally unassuming, doesn't seem to be anybody, these people have very high ranks with Allah Ta'ala. person who is adherent to the Sharia, the person who is Sunnat, but outwardly doesn't seem to have any position and rank, simple person comes, goes. Very often such people have a very close bond with Allah Ta'ala. They are in the totally out of the limelight. Nobody even knows them. But these are the people who have that link with Allah Ta'ala. Like in that hadith, man aqsama ala Allahi la abarrahu. If they take some qasam on the name of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala makes it happen accordingly. So, we diverted from what we're talking about, was never to make these comparisons. But, after the talk, I just happened to be there by chance, my good fortune, in the masjid, or rather it was perhaps, I think, back after the program at the madrasa, the room that Hazrat was in, he said, Hazrat, I have not heard this These were his approximate words. He says, in my whole life, I have never heard a bayan of this nature. Now the content of the bayan was nothing new. The content of the bayan was the same things that others would explain, which Hazrat explained, which is generally the discussion. So, started thinking that what is he referring to, what he was referring to was the impact that it made on his heart. What he was referring to was the way in which the crucial aspects were being presented. A person who had seen that time of India and had been in the company of such great giants and for him to make that comment is a very big thing, a very great sanad of sorts. So, the thing that we are talking about is that this was the topic that Hazrat used to emphasize repeatedly. And when that book got published, that four actions, as we mentioned on the first day, perhaps for after that for over a year or more, every day, sometimes several times a day, the khulasa and the summary of that would be delivered by somebody in the majlis. After Hazrat's bayan, whatever, why he used to still give bayan. After that, somebody, Hazrat Misab most of the time, or somebody else, would then in 5 minutes, 7 minutes, 10 minutes, give the crux of those 4 actions. So they say, this is my 80 years experience, person who brings these 4 things and gets control of this in his life, inshallah the rest is in place. So this whole kitab also is on the same aspect, the same topic. So here there are certain points in this regard, which he is explaining. There were several ayats of the Quran Sharif before this that were explained which pertain to, in particular, females. But there are many points for us to take also. So therefore, we are reading this. 
in ayat se hasb zail sabak milta hai this various ayat that we discussed before this in this kitab now after having mentioned those ayats and the tafsirs of those ayats that pertain to the things that women have been addressed in particular ya nisa nabi lastunnak ahad min nisa and wala yadribna bi arjulihinna liya'lama ma yukhfina min zinatihin and various other ayats so it says that these are the lessons that are derived from these verses of the quran sharif نمبر ایک عورتوں کو بوقت شدید ضرورت اگر غیر محرم مرد سے بات کرنی ہو تو پردہ کے باوجود آواز کو بھی نرم نہ ہونے دے together with adopting complete parda she must not even allow the natural softness in her voice to remain there she must not even talk in the natural soft tone takalluf aur ehtimam se awaaz ko zara sakht kare she must force herself and with lot of care she must make her voice also unattractive this is the aspect that is mentioned in the quran sharif itself do not speak the woman I addressed that do not speak in soft alluring tones so zara sakht kare jisme lachak aur nazakat ki zara bhi amazish na ho that she should deliberately make the voice unattractive make it in make it such that there is no uh, attraction in the voice at all so on this hazard says jab aurto ke liye ye hukam hai تو مردوں کو غیر محرم عورتوں سے نزاکت والی آواز سے بولنا کب جائز ہوگا لہذا بوقت ضرورت غیر محرم عورتوں سے بات کرتے وقت اپنی آواز کو سخت رکھنا چاہے Not that a person has to be deliberately rude or abrupt. But there's a fine line between these two things. Not being rude, but not being... Conducting oneself in a way that creates any kind of attraction. These are all situations which shaitan misuses. Or rather waits for. That this is where things start off from. As the poet in one line summarized the whole thing. Nazratun. فَابْتِسَامٌ فَسَلَامٌ فَكَلَامٌ فَمَوْعِدٌ فَلِقَاؤُنَ This is the beginning and this is the end. That one gaze, the eyes will meet, so then person will smile, then he'll make salam, and then after the salam, this kalam, so now there'll be some discussion, some talk, and in that talk will be some appointment, and then there'll be a meeting. So shaitan starts it off from one point. Therefore Allah Ta'ala put the barrier right at the beginning. Say to the believing men to lower their gaze. If the person keeps the border protected, then the entire, the capital will also be protected. The heart will be protected and he'll be protected. Otherwise, then he's in a serious position. He's in a dangerous position. تین جس شخص کو عورتوں کی آواز کی نرمی اور نزاکت سے خیالات فاسدہ پیدا ہو یا عورتوں کی طرف میلان پیدا ہو تو قرآن نے استماع و کشش میلان و رغبت کو قلب کی بیماری قرار دیا ہے and he starts finding some inclination in his heart in that direction towards that person then the quran sharif has de- described this inclination as the illness of the heart that fayatma alladhi fi qalbihi marad 
Allah Ta'ala says to the woman that don't speak in this alluring tones, in the soft tones, otherwise the person in whose heart there is this illness, he will now become desirous. He will now start getting inclined. Isse dore hazir ke un dosto ko sabak hasil karna chahe, jo telephone exchange par aurto ko mahas is wajah se mulazim rakhte hai, ke inki awaz se kano ko lutf milta hai, aur mardo ki awaz se sama kharashi hoti hai. So this says that in this particular time, people should take a lesson from this, those who want to keep only females as receptionists in their businesses, etc. To answer the phone and so on, because they say that people will find this very pleasant, talking to a female on the phone, so therefore this might attract more customers also. So they use females for this job, so that this will become more pleasant for people to listen to, and the male voice will be a little bit unpleasant, so therefore use females for all these jobs. This is a very big lesson for such people. That Allah Ta'ala says that this is a bimari, this is a, an illness of the heart. And those who are involved in this illness of the heart, they will only get inclined. So now what we are trying to bring, we are trying to stir people's hearts into haram, just for the sake of dunya. People's hearts now are going to become immersed in sin. And we're going to become immersed in sin. This is a very serious thing. تنبی خوب یاد رکھنا چاہے بالخصوص سالکین طریق اور عاشقین حق کو کہ حض نفس کا نقطہ آغاز حق تعالی سے بعد و فراق کا نقطہ آغاز ہوتا ہے making an effort on their hearts, they are trying to rectify themselves. So those who are on the path of suluk and who are the, trying to become the true lovers of Allah Ta'ala, then they should remember this very well, ki nafs ka aghaz, that the first point, like, like a barometer or something, or some meter that measures anything, so it starts off from point one and then you go up to whatever. For example now, that speedometer now is showing one kilometer an hour. So that's the starting point. So the starting point of hazze nafs, of that haram pleasure. Any haram pleasure that a person starts deriving. So in whichever form that might be, whether it is in his heart he's just taking some haram pleasure out of what he's just cast his gaze on or whatever from that thought that he is bringing in his mind deliberately or the thought that came without him bringing it it came involuntarily but now he started entertaining that thought so now there's that one some degree of haram pleasure that is deriving out of this that first degree of it the first point of that haram pleasure ye haq ta'ala se baud wa firaq ka nukta aagaz hota hai as soon as this meter goes up by one point, then this is the starting point of getting distanced from Allah Ta'ala also. The meter of the dis- getting distance from Allah Ta'ala also starts moving. That to the extent he is getting this, taking, deriving this haram pleasure, to that extent he is already getting further away from Allah Ta'ala. He's getting distance away from Allah Ta'ala. So this is a simultaneous thing. So this is something to be very, very conscious about. لہذا اس دشمن ایمان و دین یعنی نفس کو خوش کرنے سے ہوشیار رہے therefore this enemy of ایمان and دین in other words نفس be very very careful and very cautious about ever making this نفس happy don't give this نفس its pleasure حضرت موسیٰ علیہ السلام once asked Allah Ta'ala how do I get close to you what is the manner of getting close to you so Allah Ta'ala replied دع نفسک و تعال Leave your nafs aside and you are there. Now, Musa salam was a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. He was ma'asum. But this was as a principle that for everybody to take as a lesson. That if a person wants to get close to Allah Ta'ala, then the process of that is to annihilate this nafs and not give in to the desires of this nafs, the haram pleasures. Something that is within the limits of shariat, that is obviously permissible. But even there, 
moderation is the key. Though Hazrat very often used to make the statement that haram khub karo, halal khub karo, haram ek bina karo. Or used to say it sometimes in a different, in the other words, halal ek bina choro, haram ek bina karo. That don't leave any halal out, it's okay. So that your nafs will be pacified. That khair, I got these things. But don't ever do one haram also. But then at other times, those who are now involved in trying to get closer to Allah Ta'ala for some time, and he would explain further, that look, that is something within the limits of permissibility. But moderation is the key in everything. That even in halal ni'mads, in halal things, if a person goes beyond the level of moderation, that too sometimes becomes a problem. It won't be a sin, but it can become a problem. And it can take a person close to now the borders of those things that are not permissible. Because now he's getting so accustomed to always having, indulging himself, having what he wants, though within the limits of deen, but then this will start nudging him to those things which he is not permitted. But in any case, the main thing is never to give the nafs any kind of haram pleasure. And as soon as this meter starts moving, then to immediately become conscious. The problem is that our meter is like that meter of that way bridge. One is the meter meaning the scale of the person weighing gold. It is so sensitive that even if you blow hard on it, it starts measuring that breath that came onto the surface of that scale. I experienced it once, tried it out and it, as soon as you blow on it, it starts already measuring. This is how sensitive that scale is. So one is the scale that weighs gold. This is the heart of the Ahlullah. That the slightest thing, the slightest thing their hearts are already measuring, something is not in order here. Nafaka Hanzala. The Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala comes out of his house and putting this fatwa upon himself that I've become a munafiq. Well-known incident. And eventually what the issue was, says that when we are in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then our hearts are as if we are seeing Jannat and Jahannam in front of us. And that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is at its peak. It's as if the whole akhirat is in front of us. We come home and we engage with our families and children and that same feeling doesn't remain. This little change of feeling just got him so concerned. So one is the heart of that person who has really cleansed himself, purified himself. The hearts of the Ahlullah are the scales that weigh gold. So the slightest thing also immediately they pick it up. Our hearts because of the barriers of sin becomes like a weigh bridge. That scale becomes like a weigh bridge. That you put a cow on it it is no problem, nothing happened, carry on. It's only when that super link comes, filled with all those goods also. Now only then this needle starts moving. Otherwise the person detects nothing. So he says, what happened? Nothing happened, what's wrong? This becomes the response for everything then. But what's wrong with this? What's wrong is because that meter is not working. What's wrong is because that meter now has become like that Weybridge meter. So now there's so much already on it. There's already this tons of things on it. But it's not weighing it yet because it's still now only when it becomes a very major and serious thing then this meter will start working. So therefore we shouldn't trust our own meters. We shouldn't be relying on the indication of our own meter. Because we don't know whether that thing is working right also to start off with. Whether it is even working. We should be referring it to our seniors. This is something that, is it something, a problem? Is it something that I need to rectify in my life? Some things are obvious, but those things that we are not sure about, we think it's fine. But there is some little inkling of doubt that we should not just leave those things lying. Those things need to be checked and rectified. Hazrat Hakimul Ummat Mawatanwi Rahmatullah Ali Farmaya ke jis mard se گفتگو میں اس کی آواز اور اس کے نقشے اور چہرے اور آنکھوں سے نفس کو لطف ملنا شروع ہو فوراً اس سے ہٹ جاوے دس از 
primarily being addressed to the woman. So the same thing will apply across the board because these ayat we're discussing all the things that address the woman. Hazrat says that if by looking at any person or from the voice of any person or from the features of any person, the nafs starts getting any slight degree of any kind of haram pleasure, immediately move out of there. Because baaz haseen larke dari moosh ke kuch na kuch nikalne tak bhi apne andar husn ka asar rakhte hai aur ishke majaz ke bimaro ko bimar karte hai even youth young boys who have not yet their beards and have not yet grown then even they have this attraction in them which can cause a problem for a person who has this illness of the heart this illness of the nafs پس نفس کے بیمار کو حسن رفتہ کے آثار تک دیکھنے سے احتیاط چاہیے therefore a person who has this illness of the nafs then he should not even look at this cursory beauty of any sort because this too can create a problem for him جس کا خلاصہ یہ ہے کہ نفس کو جس سے بھی مزا ملے اس سے فوراں الگ ہو جائے therefore the, the summary of this is that as soon as the nafs starts getting any kind of haram pleasure from any person, then immediately move away from there. Don't remain there at all. Because nafs ko zara bhi maza milna khatra se khali nahi. Because when the nafs starts getting any degree of haram pleasure, this is a very dangerous thing. Dushman ko thora khush dekna bhi gawara na karna chahe. A person should not ever tolerate seeing his enemy happy. And the nafs is our major enemy. The greatest enemy is within us, the nafs. So one should not make this nafs happy at all. نفس کو کیونکہ تھوڑی خوشی سے بھی نفس کو طاقت آ جاتی ہے اور پھر وہ کسی بری معصیت میں کھینچ لے گا بیکاز ود دس لٹل ہیپینیس دیٹ دا نفس گیٹ نفس ڈیرائیو اسٹرینتھ آؤٹ آف دس پرسن میڈ از نفس ہیپی ان دا رانگ وے دا نفس ڈیرائیو اسٹرینتھ آؤٹ آف دس ناؤ دیٹ اٹ ہیز بیکم اسٹرینتھن ناؤ اٹ ہیز دا اسٹرینتھ ٹو پل ہیم ان ٹو سم تھنگ بگر فرسٹ واز سم تھنگ اسمال سو ناؤ دا پرسن تھاٹ ویل just thought of some things, I didn't go anywhere, I didn't do anything, I didn't look at anything. Just in my mind now, I just now pacified myself a little bit. So, this is what he thought. But now he made his nafs happy in that process. And this now has put that, blown that fire into the nafs. So now the nafs gains this energy out of it. So from that point, to now pull him into something further, becomes very much easier for the nafs. First he thought, well, it's just in my mind. Now the nafs will put his eyes into it. And then from his eyes, then one thing will lead to another. So therefore, never to make the nafs happy at all. Jis tarah ghair mahsus halki hararat ziyada khatarnaak hoti hai ki aadmi iske ilaj se ghafil rehta hai. That just as a very, very mild fever Sometimes this becomes more dangerous for a person. A fever is an indication of something is wrong. This is a reaction. But now it's such a mild fever that can become more dangerous. In the sense that because it's very mild, a person sometimes is not even conscious of it. And he doesn't make any effort to treat it. So now in the meantime, that illness which it is now being reflected in that fever, that illness is not being treated. So that illness starts getting worse. And now there's a heavy fever suddenly, a person that's obviously a more dangerous thing, but automatically anybody gets into action to treat it. So sometimes this mild fever can be more dangerous. Isi tarah jis shakhs ki taraf nafs ka halka samelan ho, uski sohbat bhi nihayat khatarnaak hoti hai. Therefore, likewise, if there's a very mild inclination to somebody, that can sometimes be more dangerous. کیونکہ شدید میلان اور شدید رغبت والی صورتوں سے تو سالک بھاگتا ہے بیکاز وین دے از اے میجر انٹرنیشن دا سالک تو امیڈیٹلی ہی رن اوے فرام دے بٹ وین دے از از مائلڈ انٹرنیشن ہی فیلز ویل واٹس اے پرابلم نتھنگ ریئلی ایز اے ریزلٹ مگر یہاں ہلکے میلان کے سبب اسے احتیاط کی توفیق نہیں ہوتی اس طرح ہلکے ہلکے زہر کو شیطان اس کی روح میں اتارتا رہتا ہے بٹ وین دے از اے ویری مائلڈ انٹرنیشن سم وے ہی تھنگس ویل نو پرابلم ہیئر But in this manner, shaitan starts dropping one by one, one, one drop of poison into his ruh, into his soul. And 
to the extent that yahan tak ke nafs qawi ho kar salik ko bare bare gunahon ki taraf nihayat aasani se khinch le jata hai now when that poison has been dripped into his ruh and soul then this nafs now becomes very very strong and then this nafs drags the salik towards major sins with ease without any difficulty now it just pushes him over and he falls and now he wonders what happened so what happened didn't happen in that last moment that fall didn't happen in that last moment that fall started off long ago the legs were being weakened already or that foundation of that building was already being weakened it fell in one moment but the process started long before that the foundations were already being corroded and weakened by that haram pleasure that the nafs was but it was happening in a very subtle way so the person didn't take any notice but now it ate up the foundation it took one little just nudge and the whole building collapsed so therefore a person should not be uh, unmindful of these things and should not take these things very casually and lightly they are very serious and very dangerous there's one little poem that says gosha e chasham bhi unko na dekha karna nafs ka ashdaha dekh abhi mara nahi ghafil idhar ghafil idhar hua nahi usne udhar dasa nahi barosa kuch nahi is nafs ammara ka zahid farishta bhi ho jaye to usse badguma rehna hazrat says don't even look with the corner of your eye because the serpent of the nafs this is not dead yet one person maroom rahmatullah gives that example that one person was a woodcutter so he went out to cut wood it was winter and all over was snow so when he went out the severe cold found a huge snake and this huge snake was frozen stiff so he picked it up and brought it because now frozen stuff is like dead so he brought it and he came and just dropped it in his room without any care so he thought he's dead now after some time he went to sleep now this big snake is there but now in his room he had this fire burning for his warmth because it was winter it was cold now after some time this heat started warming this snake also and it was frozen but it was not dead so as this heat started coming this life now it started making some movement but this person was fast away and finally now it came back to its senses so to say so the person that was right there was this person this woodcutter sleeping so immediately it bit him and killed him so marum rahmatullah alayhi now uses this to give the lesson that sometimes when a person is in the right environment person now has been in etikaf for 10 days person has been out in jamaat for 40 days a person has been in some other in the madrasa now and he's been conducting himself correctly in his work in his lessons etc for a period of time so now he has been away from the environments or from the situations that normally challenge people and get them involved in haram and he has been now in a situation that has been constantly building the heart building the ruh and the nafs was being suppressed so in time this nafs got frozen provided that he was making the effort that nafs got frozen now the nafs got frozen now he says walked out of etikaf so mashallah he found that he is having no difficulty at all in keeping his gaze down no difficulty at all in keeping his heart free from entertaining haram thoughts so now he started becoming careless because he thought mashallah i am like immune now but he's nobody nobody's immune alhamdulillah with the correct environment and with the effort that a person was making and the zikr and tasbihat that he was punctual on and the tilawat of the quran sharif and all the other various amal that he was engaged in and then the environment of the masjid or whatever effort of deen so all this had been freezing that nafs over time but now he's back out in the dunya he's back out in his day to day environment 
And that is a hot environment all the time. So now this nafs is going to start feeling that heat. But if he is careless, now if this woodcutter had put that snake far away, or he had been sitting and watching it, then as soon as he would see the movement, he would have realized this is still alive. This is not dead and it's dangerous as ever. So he would have protected himself. But he was careless, he was ghafil. So as soon as that ghaflat sets in, and this nafs now, this hararat and heat has come back into it, then it will strike at the last moment, or suddenly it will strike. And before a person knows it, he has already been bitten by this nafs. So therefore this is the point that is being made here in this couplet, that nafs ka ajdaha dek abhi mara nahi. That the serpent of nafs hasn't died. This will sometimes be suppressed, it will become frozen, but it will only die the day we gone from dunya. Until then, this nafs is with. So therefore a person, in fact, it comes in the Hadith Sharif, that as a person gets old, there are two things which grow younger in him. Now, in one Hadith it comes, that the love of dunya and the love of woman increase with age. Now, a person physically becomes weaker, but the heart still becomes stronger in all this. Now this is nafs. So nafs doesn't die till the last moment. And therefore a person cannot afford to be ghafil and become unmindful. Till there's life, there has to be caution. This is the lesson that is being given to us here. Nafs ka ashdaha dek abhi mara nahi. Ghafil idar hua nahi, usne udar dasa nahi. If a person hasn't become careless and hasn't thrown down caution, then on the other side he won't get bitten. He remains safe, he stays far away from any, all those avenues that become a means of giving heat to this nafs, he'll get safe from getting bitten by this nafs. Then the next couplet is, Barosa kuch nahi is nafs ammara ka ezahid. They don't ever trust this nafs ammara. The nafs, the initial stage of it is, Nafse ammara. That this nafs which keeps inciting towards evil. But a person now makes an effort, he makes mujahada against that nafs, then it graduates to the next level. First it was constantly inciting towards evil. But now it becomes nafse lawama. That nafs which keeps rebuking a person. Now that inclination towards haram and sin is still there. But Every time he's being tempted, now that nafs is rebuking him. What are you up to? Do you realize what you're doing? Who are you? Do you have no respect even for your beard and your kurta and your libas? Don't you have any shame that you are in front of Allah Ta'ala? Now this nafs which was inciting him, this nafs starts rebuking him. But that nafs ammara hasn't died off. It's still somewhere in the corner. But that says don't ever become unmindful of this nafs ammara, don't ever trust it. Farishta bi ye ho jave, to usse badguma rehna. If this nafs ammara has now become over time an angel, but its nature is still nafs. In other words, it started rebuking a person and it went on till this hasn't become nafs mutma'inna. Until then a person cannot have itminan. And after it becomes nafs mutma'inna also, he can still not afford to become ghafil because it can still degenerate someday. So, it says, Farishta bi ye ho jave, to usse badguma rehna. If this nafs becomes an angel, then to always deal with it suspiciously. Regard it with suspicion. Don't ever regard it as a friend. Nafs is never anybody's friend. Yaad rakhna chahiye, ki hazze nafs ka nuqtai aghaz, bu'ud anil haq ka nuqtai aghaz hota hai. Therefore, we should always remember that the starting point, the first degree of any haram pleasure is the first degree of getting distance from Allah Ta'ala also. And to the extent a person continues in that haram pleasure, to that extent he keeps getting distance from Allah Ta'ala. Yani nafs ka kisi guna se ibtidai marhala mein, agar ek aashariya bhi kam ho, lutf lena, ek aashariya bhi kam ho, حق تعالیٰ سے کسی درجے میں دوری کا سبب ہوتا ہے 
that if a person, what the meaning of this is, that as soon as the nafs starts taking any pleasure from any haram, the first point of that haram, pleasure, even if it is one fraction, ek asharia, then this is the starting point of getting far away from Allah Ta'ala and this takes a person to some other end thereafter. Hazrat could quote one, Malfuz of Hazrat Anwi Rahmatullah Ali, that a talib has Hazrat Aqdas Hakim al-Ummat Mawad Anwi Rahmatullah Ali ko likha, کہ میں حسن سے بے حد متاثر ہوتا ہوں اور ایسا معلوم ہوتا ہے کہ میں مجبور ہوں اور مجھے حسینوں سے نگاہ بچانے کی طاقت نہیں ون طالب ون پرسن ہو واز سیکنگ اسلام اینڈ ریفارمیشن ہی روٹ واز تھانوی رحمت اللہ علیہ دیٹ آئی بیکم ویری افیکٹڈ بائی بیوٹی اینڈ آئی فائنڈ مائی سیلف ٹوٹلی ہیلپ لیس آئی کین ناٹ کیپ مائی گیز اوے فرام لوکنگ ایٹ اینی woman, etc. This is something that is beyond me. I am totally helpless in this regard. So in other words, if I am helpless, if I am some, it's not in my control, then how can I be accountable for it? Or how can I be now regarded as sinful in this, in this issue? So Jawab Irshad farmaya ke falsafa ka qaida musallama hai ke qudrat ziddain se mutalik hoti hai. Hazrat start now, this person perhaps was somebody a student or something also. So Hazrat replied to him that this is an established principle of philosophy. That any ability, this is related to the ability of both ends. In other words, this is what is further being explained. That, in other words, the simple explanation of this is that if a person says, he does not have the ability of something, then, or he has the ability of something, then that is also itself an acknowledgement that I have the ability of not doing it too. Because if he has the ability to do something, then naturally he has the ability not to do it. One is a person doesn't have the ability to do something. For example, he's blind, he can't see. So now he can't see, so you cannot tell him to see. But a person can see, so he cannot, he can keep himself from not seeing also. Because this is something that's a ability to do something. So the ability to do something already has in it the ability not to do it. Person, something is so heavy that he can't carry it. It's a mountain, he can't carry it. So he can't carry it. So he's not able to carry it, that's the end of the story. But if he's able to carry it, then he's able to not carry it also, to leave it aside. I won't carry it. So this is just the deception of the nafs. Pas agar hasino ko dekhne ki aapko taqat hai, to la mahala aapko na dekhne ki bhi taqat hasil hai. So this says that if you have the ability and strength to look at the beauty, then definitely you have the strength to not look as well. Yani jis fail ko aadmi kar sakta hai, wo is fail ke na karne ki bhi kudrat rakhta hai. Ye akli musallamat mein se hai. That which a person has the ability to do, it is naturally within his capacity not to do it also. This is something which is universally accepted and established. So therefore, this is just the deception of the nafs. What happens is that the nafs now has become strengthened over time because of the constant indulging in that haram. And to the extent that the nafs has been weakened, uh, to strengthened, to that extent the ruh has been weakened. So now there is this challenge between the two, the nafs and the ruh. Now the nafs has become a lion, and the ruh has become now weakened like a little mouse. So now when the nafs merely just roars, this ruh just around quietly. But the way to reverse it is to starve this lion. So now it will roar very loudly when it's starved. It's now hungry. It will roar very loudly. But at that, with all those temptations. But when a person continues to keep starving it, now it will start getting weaker. Starving it by not giving in to those temptations. Now the heart is tugging to look in the wrong direction, to go to that phone, to switch on that internet, to go to some haram den, to get into some other vice, to start engaging the heart in thinking of evil and fantasizing and whatever else. So now all these things are tugging. 
but he is starving that that nafs from all this haram pleasure now. Because that is its nourishment, the haram. So as he keeps starving it, this nafs starts weakening. And every time he's starving the nafs, this itself becomes the food for the ruh. What he deprives the nafs becomes the food of the ruh. Because he's breaking his heart for the pleasure, pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So simultaneously this ruh is getting strengthened. And in time now, this lion now becomes the mouse. And this mouse becomes strengthened like the lion. So there is no other way but to keep depriving this nafs of what its haram demands are. And when a person keeps feeding it, now he's strengthening it. So that is the point where a person now thinks that I am helpless in this. He thinks that I am now totally, this is out of control, it's not in my control. It is in our control, but over time we have strengthened that nafs and weakened this ruh. Now that effort will have to be made to reverse it. And that sometimes necessitates that a person has to now come out into an environment for a period of time, which is an environment that keeps strengthening the ruh. And where the challenges of nafs are either not there or very much at a minimal. Now a person has come into the masjid now, it's Ramadan, he came away for etikaf, or he went out in jamaat, but he's conducting himself correctly. Now he's out of the environments that keep challenging him. He's in the environment of the masjid, listening to the talks of deen all the time, to the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. So now, provided he's spending his time correctly, otherwise whether he's in the masjid in etikaf, whether he's in the khanqa somewhere, whether he's in jamaat somewhere, but he's still looking at the phone, he's still talking anything, he's still engaging his heart in whatever, then whatever effort he's trying to make is all going to be still zero. Because he's draining everything out. Provided he keeps all these things closed, all these taps closed, that cause this drainage, then inshallah this tank will fill up. And that which he found totally impossible, which wasn't impossible, which he thought was impossible, that becomes not just possible, becomes easy also. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, that we bring these things into our lives. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا لِلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ بِحَمْدِهِ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمْ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك